Welcome to the Legacy Nashville Podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Um, as you're on your way to Matthew chapter 6 and you're standing, I do want to remind you of Luke chapter 11, verse 1. I know I have read this every single Sunday, but I'm going to keep reading it because it's so important for us to remember, all right? Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Could we all say that together? Lord, teach us to pray. Let's say it again together. Lord, teach us to pray. That's what we're doing, church. We are asking the Lord Jesus to teach us how to have communion with our heavenly Father. And there is no better teacher on prayer than Jesus. You want to know how you get more hungry for prayer? By listening to Jesus pray and by listening to Jesus teach on prayer. I just double dog dare you this week to take some homework home with you and read every scripture that you can find of Jesus praying. Because if you will read that out loud in your living room, I promise you, you will be stirred in your spirit to pray more often and to pray better. Are you in Matthew 6? Are you in Matthew 6? I ain't having good luck with this side. I'm gonna have to stay with y'all over here. What do you think, Dallas? Are you in Matthew 6, bro? Let's go. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to go to verse 5, and we're going to read all the way to verse 13. Y'all ready? Let's read it out loud all together. No, no, let's not do verse 5. Let's not do verse 5. We, we already, I already taught on that week one. Were you guys here for that? You sure? Okay. Verse 9. Let's start with verse 9 through 13. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's stop for a second. Remember, our Father, this is how we are relating to God, not as orphans, but as sons and daughters. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's, just not, that's not just another name referring to God, holy, but it's actually a petition, meaning it's a prayer request that God's name would be hallowed in your life and in your world. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means our Father is not just our heavenly Father who is so good, but he is also the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he rules in his kingdom, and in his kingdom, his perfect will is always done. But we live in another kingdom, which is the kingdom of earth, where his perfect will is not always done. So this is another petition. God, we are asking for your lordship to reign in my life and reign in my world. And we are asking that your perfect will be carried out in my life and in my world. You with me? All right, verse 11. Shortest verse of Scripture in the whole Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us 
from evil. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, and yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. The title of the message today is Give Us Complete Dependency. Give us, Lord, complete dependency. All right, you can be seated. Give us complete dependency. I know that's not a comfortable posture to consider longing to be in, but that's actually the petition that we're praying this Sunday by praying and asking our Heavenly Father, the King of Kings, to give us our daily bread. Now, I am a father of three children, and so this phrase, give us, give us, give us, is a phrase that I hear pretty often in my house. Although normally I do not hear give us, give us, what I normally hear is give me, give me, give me. Any other parents in the room, you can testify that you hear this all the time. It's rather demanding, is it not? Give me this, give me that, give me a new game. Give me a new Barbie. Give me a unicorn. My three-year-old, uh, two weeks ago, asked me for a unicorn. And, and it wasn't like a polite request. It was like, pay me. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me my unicorn, Dad. Why are you withholding from me? You got to have one. Now, give me this. Now, one of the things that I have noticed is that I tend to pray, I'm telling on myself, I tend to pray to our Heavenly Father oftentimes like my children talk to me, their natural father, when they say, give me. They don't pray, give us. They're not praying collectively for all of the kids. They are pr praying personally for themselves independently when they say, give me, give me this. I want this. Give this to me. And what I notice is, is that sometimes they say, give me out of season, meaning they say, give me out of entitlement. Now, I don't know about you, but I can say I'm guilty of this from time to time that I talk to my heavenly father and I say things like this to him when I say, give me. And I know deep down in my heart, it's not time for me to receive that blessing, but it doesn't stop me from demanding it. That's what we call entitlement. Every now and then, my kids do that to me at home. They say, give me screen time. <laughs> I, I don't know how many parents are in the 1030. Uh, this, if this sounds familiar to you or not, but my kids know that during the week on school days, we do not allow them to have personal devices. So they don't get screen time. You know, let me dress it up spiritually in that season. I'm trying to make it charismatic so that the parable hits your heart. They don't get that in that season, but that does not stop them from demanding, give me, right? It's like, okay, you know in your heart it is not the time for you to receive that blessing, but it hasn't stopped you from saying, give me. They are praying an entitled prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but every now and then I would say that I pray some entitled prayers. Anybody else in here, you'd tell on yourself, you'd say, yeah, I guess every now and then. I know, I know, I know it's not the right time. I know God's not released that 
for this moment, for this season, but I still ask for it. They ask for things out of entitlement every now and then. And, and you know, that sounds bad, but every now and then they ask for things not out of entitlement, but out of impulsive craving. And what I mean by impulsive craving is that they say, give me out of want. All right, I'm not talking about needs. I'm not talking about things they actually need in order to survive and thrive. I'm talking about things that they want out of impulsive craving, such as a unicorn, such as a happy meal, such as other things, uh, you know, that they may demand. Give me a new game. Give me a Barbie. And you know what? Every now and then I do it anyway. Any other parents in here? You're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Sometimes I'm in a really good mood. And so I say, you know what? Even though it's out of season, I am in a really good mood today, so we're going to go Barbie shopping. Now, this reminds me of Isaiah 55, uh, verse 6. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. I mean, I don't know. I think it's just the posture of sons. Every now and then in prayer, you sense it, you discern it. You say, God is in a giving mood today. And I know that I can ask him for whatever it is that I need. And I feel he's going to respond. You know what I'm saying? You ever been there before? Listen, when we would go on vacation as kids, my parents loved to go to the outlet malls in Florida. And every now and then, whenever my dad's business was going good, he'd get in a giving mood. And I wouldn't always discern it right away, but my mom would tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, your dad's in one of those moods. And you know what that meant? The basket was free and clear. Anything I threw in there, I knew he was probably going to buy. Listen, I don't know who that's prophetic for in the room today, but I want to declare over somebody's spiritual relationship with your heavenly father that he's in a good mood, it's a giving mood, it's a generous mood, and you just need to ask for what it is that you need and watch him show up in your life. If you receive that, just say amen. I believe it. Hey, I, we got some amens right there, Father. I know you're in a good mood. You're in a generous mood. You know, every now and then, though, it's not that I'm in a good mood. It's just that my kids wear me down. Any other dads in here? You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, you just keep asking for this new game. And even though it's not the right season, even though it's expensive, even though I'm not necessarily in a giving mood, I'm going to give it to you anyway. And I'm going to tell you right now, if my son Isaiah grows up to be a preacher, he's going to use this as a sermon illustration all the time. He's going to say, listen, it, your persistence will lead to your breakthrough. I mean, that's going to be like one of his favorite taglines. I'm telling you right now. He's be like, man, I used to wear my dad flat out all the time. You know, he would always ask me for V-Bucks on Fortnite. And eventually I'm like, bro, just buy the skins. <laughs> if you just leave me alone. I remember Jim Gaffigan saying one time, uh, bedtime is like a reverse hostage situation. It's like, if you just stay in there, I'll give you whatever you want. And sometimes bedtime, it'd be like that. Am I right? Parents in the room, right? You know what I'm talking about. It's like, I'll give you whatever you want if you just stop getting up out of bed. And that reminds me of another scripture. Uh, Y'all remember this one? This one is in uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 8. It says, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. My, my son is definitely going to uh, preach on that for sure. He's definitely going to preach on that. But, you know, um, however the petition comes, however the request makes it to me as the father, 
I got to be honest with you and tell you, I love the petitions. I love the request, and I try to be a good dad, and I really do believe that good fathers love to be asked. I really do. I think that good fathers love to be asked requests. Now, I try my best not to spoil my kids, but I want to be a good and a generous father. On a majority of occasions, I can tell you that I love it when my kids ask me for things, especially ridiculous things like, hey, dad, can I get 10 grand? That has happened before, all right? My kids, you know, like kids tend to do, have no concept of money. So they're just like, hey, dad, start me a YouTube channel. What do I look like? I don't, camera equipment, editing, all this stuff. Like, you can do it. You know, and what I realized is they're not trying to offend me. They're actually trying to compliment my capacity and declare their confidence in my goodness. So they're saying, look, I'm asking you for stuff, pops, not because I'm trying to be demanding, not always because I'm being entitled, but I am asking you for things and sometimes ridiculous things like a unicorn because I believe that you are truly that good and you have a capacity so big that whatever it is that I ask you for, that it's a possibility that you'll give it to me. So I just keep lobbing up the request, you know? And that's what my kids do to me. And I think, and I like it, and I really think that our Heavenly Father, He likes it. I think He likes it. I think that when we ask Him for stuff, crazy stuff, big stuff, I believe that it complements His capacity and it confesses his goodness and his generosity. And so I think we need to ask more because I think God likes it. That's what I believe to be true. That is exactly what I believe to be true. And uh, I do this all the time. Sometimes I sneak in stuff. I mean, I'm talking ridiculous stuff. Something will just pop into my mind and I'll just ask dad about it. You know what I'm saying? I was listening to uh, Chris Stapleton a couple weeks ago. All right, I'm gonna have to go to this side. Everybody over here was like, nah, bruh, we don't listen to Chris Stapleton. I was listening to Chris Stapleton a couple weeks ago. Anybody else, you ever listen to Chris Stapleton? I like Chris Stapleton. He's a Kentucky boy, so I like him extra because of that. And uh, I was just listening to his new song. I was like, man, this is, what a banger. It's amazing. I'm like, man, Chris Stapleton, he can write music. And I said, Lord, one day, I said, Holy Spirit, touch his heart. I want this man to write a song with legacy music. And I pray for it in Jesus' name. See, I pray for ridiculous stuff. I mean, crazy stuff, just stuff that doesn't even make any sense. But you know what? I just believe that God is so good, and I know that his capacity is unlimited, and it just might be a day where we're on vacation walking through the outlet malls in the spirit, where he might be in a generous mood, and he said, you know what? My eyes are searching to and fro the earth, looking for a heart that completely belongs to me so that I can get involved in all of that guy's affairs. And he asked me for some crazy stuff, but you know what? I'm going to do it because I want the world to know through him how good I am and how unlimited my supply is. Now, let me tell you this. If Chris Stapleton ever writes a song with legacy music, you better believe you're going to see a victory lap on Sunday morning. I mean, we're going to go crazy. And I'll be like, that's right. That's right. That's right. And you're going to be like, you are crazy, but God loves you. And I'm trying to be that. That's what I want my reputation to be. A good father, this is what a good father does. A good father provides 
for our needs. They love to be asked and they love to provide for our needs. So when we ask, not with bad motives, not out of entitlement, like James chapter four, verse three says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Not when we ask out of just our impulsive cravings, which are our wants, Psalm 23, verse one says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not right? But when we genuinely go before our heavenly father and we say, I have need of this. I believe that the Bible completely supports God's goodness and God's supply to such an extent that he will rush to meet the needs that you bring before him in prayer because he is good. This is what our God is like, and he provides for all of our needs, and that's what we remember when we pray this portion of the Lord's Prayer by saying, give us this day our daily bread. Now, like I said, I try to be a good dad, and I don't always give my kids what they want when they're entitled. I don't always give my kids what they want when they just want. But you know when I always rush to meet my kids' needs? Whenever they pray and they ask me for something that they actually need. Like food and water. You know what I'm saying? Like any other parents in the room? You're like, yeah, okay, I got it. Like, I don't always give them the food that they ask for, but they're gonna get fed. You know, oftentimes we're leaving school and they're like, Jenny's ice cream. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're going to get a Whole Foods smoothie. Persecution. <laughs> but hey, it's biblical to provide for your kids' needs. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, then he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's a crazy one right there, right? So here's, that, that's just what I believe. I'm very passionate about meeting my kids' needs. And the reason for that is because I grew up with a grandmother that I referred to as Granny, uh, who was a picture to me of God's provision. All right, so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my Granny. Are y'all interested to hear about my Granny? She's an interesting person. Ronnie knows my Granny. All right, so as a child, I was always the smallest kid in my class, all right? So even the girls were bigger than me until the seventh grade. But my Granny, get this, is six foot four and weighs almost 300 pounds. So she's like a linebacker for the Chicago Bears. So as a kid, nobody wanted any smoke. Like they saw me and they were like, I'm gonna pick on that little boy. And then they saw granny and they were like, no chance. You know, granny came in there like ready to, you know, take somebody out. In fact, she did take my wife out once. She took my wife out at, our ord at my ordination service. I might as well tell the story now. So like, you know, I was getting ordained, all right? I was being ordained. Heidi Baker was there. She was ordaining me. And um, they were trying to get Granny on stage. And Granny, she don't move around so well now that she's gotten a bit older. And she said, no, no, I don't need to go on stage. But there was this guy. He was persistent. And he was like, you need to go on, get Granny on stage. Get Granny on stage. She said, no, I don't want to go. Get Granny on stage. So she came up and she was coming up the stairs. And uh, she, she got her foot caught on one of the stairs and she was going down. Unfortunately, my lovely wife, who was my fiance at the time, tried to stabilize Granny. I'm going to tell you, Granny clotheslined her. 
and her feet flew up in the air. Allison's feet flew up in the air. Granny went down. This is my moment of ordination. I'm down on my knees. I'll never forget it because Heidi just looks up and she goes, oh, bless her, Lord. That, that truly happened, all right? That truly happened. And so my granny and I, we're, we're super duper close. And, um, you know, the thing about my granny, I told you, she was a picture of God's provision in my life. And so one of the things I learned about God by interacting with my grandmother is that she was really good and she was really generous, meaning her heart was always towards me and she always wanted to meet uh, my needs. If you were ever with my granny and you said you were hungry, it did not matter how important where we were going was. We were going to pull off of the highway and you were getting fed. That, that's just her thing. That was her thing. If you are hungry, you are thirsty, it's happening now, right? But not only was her heart like that, also her capacity was like that and here's why because my granny and my grand grand that's what we call my grandfather he's passed now my granny's still living praise God and uh, they owned a grocery store a grocery store and a gas station all right and so I knew okay yep her heart is good she's generous but also this woman of God has an unlimited supply you know what I'm saying? Like she owns a grocery store and, and some of y'all may think this is crazy and maybe it is, but at any point in time, I decided I could get anything off the shelf whenever I wanted it. There's like people like silently judging me, like you're spoiled. Yeah, maybe there were some moments that she went a bit overboard, but all of the staff that worked for her and my grandfather understood at any point in time that any of my grandkids say that they're hungry, you are to stop whatever you're doing and to prepare a meal for them. So I would just walk into the deep freeze. I'd take out a frozen pizza. I'd bring it to one of the staff, be like, give me. And whatever they were doing, they would stop immediately. They'd pop that thing into the oven. They would cut it. I'd say, hey, hit me with some ranch dressing, man. What you doing? I'm serious. Look, I got a picture of it. And the reason I got a picture of it is because if you Wikipedia Beach Grove, Kentucky, all right, right now on your phone, if you look up Beach Grove, Kentucky, it's a booming metropolitan city, as you can tell, population 253. If you Wikipedia this, this is where I grew up, if you Wikipedia this, the only photo that you will see on Wikipedia concerning Beach Grove, Kentucky is this photo. It's the only photo. And right there is the grocery store, the gas station, the hardware store, and that's my granny's house. So as some of y'all like, wonder where pastor grew up? Right there. And now you know why I'm weird. Population 253. But you know, like my granny, she always spoiled me. And I, I had to share this because I think it's just a, you know, a great part of the story. Like my grandmother spoon fed me fruity pebbles before bedtime until I was eight. I ain't lying to you either. I mean, I told you she, she was a big lady, so she had all these beach towels, and, like, that's what she used. And she used to warm them up in the dryer for me when I was having a bubble bath. And then when I would get out, she'd wrap me up, and she'd trim my toenails with a little scissors. Hey, isn't that awesome? Bro, I'm, I'm, ser I'm serious, man. I would wake up in the morning. She would have a warm washcloth. She'd wipe my face. All right, I'm not lying to you. And she had water beds. I don't know why. Who, does anybody still have a water bed? I would wake up out of that water bed, man. She would wipe my face off. 
She'd pick me up. She'd take me into the living room. I had a little table that was personalized, had my name on the back of the chair, had Looney Tunes on the TV and a big old stack of pancakes, hot in the shape of Mickey Mouse. Big tall glass of cold chocolate milk. She had the syrup there. Would you tell me when? Okay, maybe Granny did go a little bit overboard. I mean, I'll be honest. But you know what the thing is? is that this taught me a lot about God's provision. It taught me that, hey, there are people in my life that have given me a picture of how God feels about his kiddos. They have a good heart. It's a generous heart. Just like God, even the more so, has a good heart, has a generous heart. And God also has something better than a grocery store where you can get anything at any point in time off the shelf when you are hungry. He has an unlimited supply. Now, I learned this from my granny, but I believe that the Bible supports that this is who God is. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, and my God will supply every." Need of yours according to what? His supply, his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So whenever uh, God tells us to pray like this, Jesus is teaching us about prayer. He's saying, look, I want you to pray. So I have a, I've got a good picture for myself, right, my granny. But you know what I always uh, wanted was that my granny would favor me and nobody else. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? You're like, hey, granny, just do the Mickey Mouse pancakes for me. When they get the regular pancakes, Right. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I, I ain't lying to you. In my 30s, I was at my granny's house not too long ago, and she started making Mickey Mouse pancakes for everybody. I said, mm-mm, you, you don't get those. I get the Mickey Mouse pancakes. I think y'all forgot. I'm the oldest grandson. I get the Mickey Mouse-shaped pancake. Look, the reason I'm bringing that up is because I never really wanted to share favor, but that's not how Jesus taught us to pray. He said, I don't want you to pray like the religious hypocrites, and I don't want you to pray self-centered prayers. So when you come before your heavenly Father who's good and generous and has an unlimited supply, you don't put up a petition that is, give me, but give us. We have to remember that the Lord's prayer is a relational prayer, but it's not just about your relationship with God. It's about the family's relationship with God. So when you contend for your breakthrough, you should also contend for our breakthrough. Because this is not just about approaching the Lord with the Lone Ranger spirit, but it's coming before the Lord as a son with a lens that you look at the church as a family. So you're saying, I'm not saying give me, I'm saying give us. And you know what we also don't have to pray? Praise God. This is how generous and good God is. We do not have to pray, God, not only give me, but I want you to sell me. I want you to sell me my daily bread. I want to come to you with money. I want to come to you with my performance. I'm going to come to you with everything I've accumulated by amassing money in my own strength. And I'm going to buy what I need from you. Well, praise God. Isaiah prophesied, Isaiah 55 and verse 1 says, Come, everybody who is thirsty, come to the waters. He who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. It ain't about what you got. It's not about God selling you what you need. It's about God out of his goodness and his generosity giving you what you need. When you pray this prayer, you make no transactions. You are simply receiving from God's generosity. Not only are you not saying, God, sell me my daily bread, but you're also not saying, God, trade me my daily bread. 
Some of us as Christians, sometimes we get in that religious spirit and we're like, you know, if I behave well and I do all the right things and I serve on all the right teams and I give every time I come to church and I, you know, make sure that I present myself as somebody spirit, spiritual, then God owes me my daily bread. But that's not what he said. No, I'm not asking you to trade me your loyal service for my daily bread, whether you do it or you don't. You are coming before the Lord simply asking, God, I ask you for my daily needs to be met, and not because you're so awesome, but because he's so awesome, he supplies your every need according to his generosity and his supply of riches. That's the God that you serve. That's how good he is. That's how generous he is. Everything good in your life, you have it because God gave it to you. Let me say that again. Everything good in your life, you have it because God gave it to you. All right, listen, I know you might be thinking, no, 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 not everything. I mean, he gave me a lot of stuff, but some stuff I worked for. Well, James said in chapter one, verse 17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Everything good in your life you have because God gave it to you. Not because you deserved it, not because you earned it, not because you worked it up, not because you performed enough to impress him but because God's generosity supplies your needs. King David once recollected in Psalm 37, he said, I've been young, but now I'm old. Let me tell you what I've never seen. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and I've never seen his children begging for bread because he supplies my every need. We have to remember that this is who God is. This is who God is. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave, right? A manifestation of goodness is generosity. A manifestation of goodness is generosity. Goodness will manifest as generosity. Now, I was studying this week about, you know, this passage of Scripture. This is actually one of the harder passages of Scripture um, in the Lord's Prayer to me because it's, it's brief and it's about bread, right? It's such a short little uh, phrase, and I think it's so easy for us to skip over, not only because it's short, but because we have plenty of bread, Right? We have plenty of bread, most of us. And if you don't have plenty of bread, hit us up. Let us know. We'll feed you. We'll help you get food, all right? I want you to know that. God can supply your need through your local church. It may feel like it's too big for you, not too big for the family. All right? It's not too big for the family. I want you to know that. Uh, but as I, as I was studying this, I realized, like, man, there's a reason we never talk about this. Because it, 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 almost, has this, it almost has this feeling like it's a beatitude, you ever notice that? Like, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. For me, there is something about, Lord, give me today my daily bread that feels like a beatitude. The only time you ever hear beatitudes read are like at funerals. You notice that? It's true. You notice that? It's like because those are the moments when we look at death, do we actually remember what life is all about? And I think one of the reasons why we skip over this brief little stanza in the Lord's Prayer is because we don't think that we need bread. But the truth is, you and I both as believers are completely dependent upon God for bread and everything else. And so the thing that the Lord's Prayer does by us praying, give me today, give us today our daily bread, is remind us of our complete dependency upon God, that without him we have nothing. Without him we are nothing, and unless we have him, we have no needs met. Are you with me? And so when I was reading R.C. Sproul on this passage this week, and he said the priorities of prayer should always be acts, A-C-T-S, all right? This is what they are, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. 
He said, but unfortunately, a lot of times what we do as believers is we don't pray acts, we pray scat, S-C-A-T, meaning we always make time for supplication, so we start asking God for the things that we want. This is what N.T. Wright says is greed getting in the way of grace. So we just start, man, I want this, I want that, I want this supplication, right? Every now and then we'll get to confession. God, I'm really sorry I did that. And even more rarely than that, we get to adoration. But you know what we hardly ever get to? Thanksgiving. And that's what this part of the Lord's Prayer reminds us to do. There's nothing in the Lord's Prayer that requires us to give thanks. But whenever you thank God for your daily bread, something so small as bread, you cannot help but to give him thanks. Thank you, Jesus, for feeding me. Thank you, Jesus, for feeding me. Thank you, Jesus, for supplying my needs. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me. Thank you, Jesus. You with me? And this is really, really important for us to remember because the truth is we are all this dependent upon God's generosity for us to eat. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but uh, Jesus is always somewhere at a dinner party. Have you ever noticed that? It's like I heard one preacher say one time, um, Jesus went from temple to table where he did a lot of his teachings around the dinner table, not just in the temple. He did that too, but also around the dinner table. And uh, I noticed that Jesus is always having meals with people that society thinks he shouldn't. You notice that? And if you think about it, that's how all of us got into the kingdom. It came as a result of Jesus inviting you to a meal when you didn't deserve it. And that's how you got in. And meals are so important. You know, I think one of the reasons why Jesus was talking about bread in this parable is because bread symbolized the need. I know for us today, bread is kind of different than it was then. But nonetheless, it lets us know that out of his generosity, he will supply our every need. You know, a lot of you guys know this. Some of you guys don't. But before I was a pastor, I was a missionary. And uh, I lived in Africa for a season. I lived in India for a season. And when I was 25, I started an NGO called Mercy 29. And our slogan was this, we rescue child slaves and feed hungry people. That's what we did. And so as we were working in India, we rescued hundreds of children from human trafficking. That's that's what I did before I was a pastor. And our focus was to rescue kids from human trafficking, child prostitution, and forced slavery. And we we rescued over 400 kids in India from human trafficking. Praise God. It's amazing. And that, that's God doing that. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't go to school for that. I just showed up and I said, Lord, I'm dependent. And the other part of that was we feed hungry people. God really cares about feeding the hungry. I remember hearing Heidi in, in ministry school, she would say, there's always enough. There's always enough. There's always enough. And we don't ever think about Think about that in terms of food here in America. But she would say, because he died, there's always enough. God really cares about feeding people. I have seen food multiply on multiple occasions of of being being somewhere, feeding some kids, feeding some people where we did not have enough food. And uh, it just kept showing up in the pot until every single person ate and had leftovers. And Heidi taught me this. She said, uh, if you want to know the secret, uh, aside from faith, to food multiplying, is to not look in the pot. 
She said, look into the eyes of the people that you are feeding and continue to serve them like they are Jesus. So I used to get in trouble for this because we would do these uh, untouchable feasts, but we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't call them untouchable feasts, but as low caste people, I don't know if you know about this, but low caste people in India are referred to as untouchables. And since their religion supports reincarnation, they look at the lowest caste uh, of society as people being deserving of that situation because they obviously have done something really terrible in their previous life. So they don't take care of them. They don't allow them to be educated. They don't, you know, pass off money or food to them. They just spit on them. They'll call them names. They kind of kick them to the curb and to the side. And so what we did in an attempt to feed hungry people is we would have big curry uh, parties for untouchables. And we would go out and we would serve chicken curry and mangoes. And we would party because we knew an expression of the kingdom was feeding people. And I, can, I, can, I cannot tell you how many experiences I had uh, with people that were hungry and were fed and they never had a problem with gratitude. And, and we just talked about Thanksgiving. That's one of the last things we do when we pray because I think, church, we have forgotten how hungry that we would be without the supply of Christ Jesus. We forget about this all the time. So when um, Legacy Academy is not actually the first school that I've been a part of starting, getting off the ground. The first school uh, I was ever a part of uh, was, was uh, what did we call it? I think we had to call it Mother Teresa's English Medium School. That's what we called it. Because in, in India, they give you a list of names and you got to pick one. You don't get to pick on your own. So we said, Mama T is pretty good. So we were Mother Teresa's English medium school. And when we started this school, all these untouchable children, because we did free education for low caste, um, all these untouchable children, they would show up at my house in the morning when I was having chai tea and reading the paper. And they would say, can I come into the house? You know, they'd say in Telugu, I didn't, they didn't speak English. So I had a translator. They said, can I come into the house? And what did I say? Yes, you come in whenever you want. And they're like, no. You cannot let any more kids in this house. There's 300 kids in this house. So I showed you a photo of the, uh, the gas station. I should have had another photo of my house where I lived with 300 kids. You want to talk? That was festive. That was a party all the time. So they say, hey, can I get in the house? Can I get in the house? And, and the, even though the staff was saying, no, no, Pastor Lyle, don't let them in. What did I do? Come on in. They say, man, we, you, you see the rice bill every month. We can't possibly afford to, you know, feed another mouth. I said, man, God's got the rice bill. He cares about feeding people. Let's let this little kid in. Look at this little kid. You know, and this is why I got in trouble because, you know, Jesus said it when you do it to the least of these, you do it unto me. So I, they go through the line and I'm giving them like four scoops of chicken curry. And they're like, bro, you're, this is a little, it's four years old. Four scoops is too much chicken. I said, man, this ain't a four-year-old little until baby this is Jesus he said if I do it unto them I do it unto him so how many scoops of chicken curry do you give Jesus when he goes to the buffet line you hit him with that quadruple portion you know what I mean and you look at him in the eye and you said you you bless him right and um you know, I'll, I'll never forget, this was always the case when these kids would come off the street and they would come in and normally it would be right after I sent the other kids to school and, you know, I'm kind of sitting down for a minute and they would come in and I would ask them, are you hungry? 
Uh, you know, have you eaten today? That's one of mikora emati. Have you had any curry today? Right? That's what you say in Telugu. And uh, they say, no, I haven't eaten anything. Okay, well, I got you, buddy. You sit down, man. I get a little elephant leaf, and I'd put it out there for them. And I say, hey, get the cook. I say, hey, come bring the food. You know, feed this baby. And so the, the kids, they would sit down, and they would sort of wait, you know. And uh, I'll say, you want, you know, I know you want some rice. And it, it's kind of the dad's job in India to do rice. And so I would just hit him. I said, all right, you tell me when. It's like my granny with the syrup. All right, you tell me when. Bow. All right, yeah, you want some more? Bow. All right, I got you. You want third scoop? Boom. They're like, bro, this kid's six years old, man. You're giving him more rice than you give me. We're feeding Jesus, baby. Let's go. Four scoops. You got four scoops? Boom. There's four scoops for you. All right, man, I, we got some curry. What you want today? I got, I got dumpa. I got some potato curry for you. I, I, got, I got all kinds of curry. You, re- you want? Yeah, man, bring it. Okay, I got you. How many scoops you want? Yeah, I hit them with another scoop. I mean, by the time, I, this whole banana leaf, man, rice was falling off the side. I mean, we had mangoes. I had a yogurt. I had all the Indian good stuff. So we don't know nothing about that over here. We get the, we get the Americanized stuff. This is all the stuff. It's just a whole, and, and here's it. it when, they, when they would say, okay, because they couldn't fit no more on the banana leaf, I'd be, all right, let's pray. So we pray to Jesus. We bless the food. We thank him. And I say, hey, you don't have to eat the whole thing. If you get full, you just let us know. Guess what? They, they never didn't eat the whole thing. Never once. I mean, I'm talking little five, six-year-old kids eating three times what I would eat for dinner. And I mean, just stuffing themselves. Just stuffing. It's everything. I say, hey, you don't have to eat like that. It's okay. Like, it's all right. Like, you, there's going to be more food tonight. Nope. They just keep eating. So here's what I learned that I had to do. Because they didn't trust my character yet. And some of us do this with the Lord. It's like we, we, we think like orphans. Rather than receive, we take. We get grabby. We try to take things out of season because we're not trusting the character of God. And the other thing is we don't have a revelation of his supply. And so what I would do, I'd say, come on with me, buddy. You know, come on with me. And I would take them to the back, and I would take them to the pantry. I'd tell the cook, unlock the locker, man. We got to show this kid the food. They unlocked the locker, opened up, said, man, look, I got 18 bags of rice in here, buddy. You're going to be all right, man. We're going to give you some rice tonight. And they, they still, you know, not believe it. But whenever they ate at night, the next day, they'd always struggle going to sleep. Next day, get up. Hey, man, it's breakfast time. Let me take you back to the locker, bro. Check out the supply. Man, we got plenty. Don't worry. And over time, as that need gets met, they trust the character and they trust the supply. And that's what I'm, that's what the, I'm hoping that we all get today is that, hey, we have a good God who's got good character. And he's got a great supply. And he is trustworthy. And we can trust him to meet our needs. And so when we pray this prayer, you know, this is, we, we thank you, God. We thank you. you. You meet our needs. You give us bread. And we can remember that. And we can be totally dependent. Let's stand. If you don't mind, just put your hand on your heart real quick and just pray with me. Say, Jesus, help me to remember <laughs> the daily bread that you supply. Thank you for being good. Thank you for being generous. And thank you for meeting all of my needs. Let's pray. Give us today our daily bread. Amen. 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 Tune in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. 
If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.